Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From the southernmost point of dawn to the lands of always winter, and what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Cat Dapsock, along with Alden Diaz, and we are here today for a shorter episode. We've been uh, releasing a bunch of shorter ones uh, this week because some of the bigger news stories, we wanted to kind of break it up. So maybe, I don't know, just be easier for everyone to digest it, digest, digest it and digest it. I'm making up words. You know who makes up words, at least names? It's George R. R. Martin and Alden Diaz. Get in here. We have a um, almost lather, rinse, repeat news story about George R. R. Martin wins a winner and his endings that will eventually find the, their way to us. Uh, but I think there's some interesting things to discuss within that. Hi, hello, how are you doing? And are you ready to digest and digest this news? Oh, I'm ready to digest for sure. I uh, am loving this this uh, George blog to Casterly Talk pipeline that has developed where, uh, honestly, George, just just start doing the blog on here. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, I yeah. think it's, yeah, it's fantastic to to get his insights. I love that he has stayed firm in his blog usage, and I, I mm-hmm. wish more creators had them. Yeah. No, absolutely. Before we dive in, I remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe, hit that like, hit that subscribe bell notification button, all those nice things. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you. We appreciate that. That's kind of actually where our uh, content really always pushes towards, but we're here to build out the YouTube channel as well. So if you want to see our faces, we're on YouTube. Give us a subscribe there. Or if you just want to hear our voices, you have uh, that option as well. Or you can watch YouTube with your eyes closed. Let's move on, Alden, before I get into bad or worse dad jokes. Uh, George R. <laughs> R. Martin's uh, blog is the number one source of information. And a lot of stories broke last week or late last week, uh, earlier this week. Time has no meaning anymore. Um, this story, George R. R. Martin says his ending of A Song of Ice and Fire is going to be way different than the show. There you go. The drama, the discourse, everything kind of uh, begins from there. But then I went to his blog, and it's as you would you know expect, a little bit more deeper than that, a little bit more honest than that. And actually, someone who's a fierce defender of the show like me, who does loves the love the books, I wasn't uh, upset with George. It all made sense, Alden. What was your overall reaction to the news? Here we go again, as our friend C three PO would say. Yeah, I threw my headphones across the room because he hates my favorite television show. No, I I love this. I, I think I think that I said this to you off air. Winds of Winter as a project predates 
and post-dates this right. ending, this ending, this Game of Thrones season eight ending. Um, it was, it laid the foundation for it in ambiguous ways that we'll never know until some NDAs wrap up right. about these, these grand notes that I've always been dying to know more about. Um, of what did they know? What did they not know about what yeah. Winds Winter and, and Dream of Spring are going to be? And Dream of Spring, which is the other thing. Yeah, yeah, let's know. not forget that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that there is still a supposedly another one. Yeah. But the uh, the idea that it's changing to me is exciting. I always go back to George at, at whichever San Diego Comic-Con it was saying, I consider the show to be an alternate ending, mm-hmm. multi uh, alternate universe. Multiverses are in right now. Mm-hmm. I love them. And I'm excited to see what it is. I don't understand... I, I understand, but I don't understand why people don't think this is exciting. Yeah, look, and I think I started to roll my eyes when the headlines started to roll out on social media of, you know, uh, all right, another round of, of Dan and Dave fumbled the ball and this and that. And whether, yeah. you know, you completely agree with that or you're like me and disagree with it, but understand there's some beats and stuff that don't work, blah, blah, blah. I just, I kind of was, got a little cynical. And then, uh, you know, remember George's own words. He doesn't really love the clickbait articles. He doesn't love the clickbait podcast. I hope we're not that, George, because I went straight to your blog, sir, uh, and uh, really took a dive into what you said. And Alden, first of all, the big thing is, yeah, hey, here's an update. Uh, When's a winner? Yep. I don't love to give detailed updates, but here's what's going on. I'm writing uh, to my surprise. There's twists and turns that I did not see see coming. They didn't see coming. He describes himself, as he always does, a gardener. He's not not an architect. He is a gardener. He is seeing what happens. He's planting trees. One grows. He moves another. And that has always been his approach. So this is just kind of inevitable that the, the changes from book to show, show to book, the two different stories are going to be rather different. Not a surprise. Yeah. And I love the gardener approach. He's the first creator I had ever heard use that comparison. And I think that it's something that I would like to see embraced. I think it's smart. Um, there was a, a showrunner who created some, some very popular vampire slayers and space cowboys who, mm-hmm. you know, has a little bit fallen from grace, but he once said that these stories, uh, are children. They grow up and they talk back to you, which yeah. I, I like. And I think that you should be willing. And it's, it's, it's creatively exciting to me as a fan mm-hmm. to hear him say that surprises and twists uh, unexpectedly came at him, yeah. the person who is in control of that, that tells me that he's going with his gut, with his heart. Mm. That to me, it's not like he's like, I checked another thing off my plan today. Yeah. What's yeah. that? Yeah. Here's his actual, uh, the actual statement here in this uh, section of his Nata blog. I have been at work in my winter garden. Things are growing and changing, as does happen with us gardeners. Things twist, things change. New ideas come to me. Thank you, Muse. Old ideas prove unworkable. I write, I rewrite, I restructure. I rip everything apart and rewrite again. I go through the doors that lead nowhere and the doors that open on marvels. That's just some interesting stuff in there. My favorite thing is old ideas prove unworkable. Some of the ideas, and he says later on, we're going to get to it, where he says, like, some of the things you saw on the show will be there, just slightly different. Some things, no. Uh, We can go into some of those details. But I like that, hey, the guy who did sit with Dan and Dave in New Mexico, uh, in Santa Fe, probably had some chips and salsa and shared these notes. Mm. Maybe things he said there, he was like, ooh, for my book, I did think at one time that would work. It doesn't now. And I got to go a different direction. Yeah, and again, I, I say this, and the opposite uh, place of knocking season eight. I love season eight, but it is funny to me to imagine like a family guy cutaway to George watching the finale and saying, Oh, nah, <laughs> like even for something he gave. Them. Yeah. Uh, like we've, we've always known largely, I think because of 
Isaac Hempstead Wright, I believe, mm-hmm. said, like that King Brand comes from George. Yeah, it's I'm not saying this, but it's possible that he saw King Brand in action and thought, I have a better idea, uh, which, you know, is intriguing to me. Look, as a as a comedian, I would love to hear someone else perform my jokes that I wrote and have it bomb or succeed and go, oh, I know some changes I'm going to do once I get up on stage. George has that advantage right now for better. Or yeah. worse. That is, that's fascinating. And not unlike the other George, he kind of always comes up and we each George invokes the other George. George Lucas had, you know, legends going for a while. And then he, you know, with things like Clone Wars that were being touched on in Legends um, or or Darth Maul stuff. And then when he decides, let's do an animated show, he's like, sorry, Tartakovsky. Like, I I prefer this. I want to try it this way. And even though that I don't think that Tartakovsky and George had a relationship like Dan Dave and Martin, Mm. but it is that same principle of I saw it tried and now I'm going to really do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of that tracks there. He gets into a list of the characters that are different, and um, we know it's, it's, there's myriad names there. Uh, what jumps out to you, this story here? What's your overall thoughts here on, on uh, or where do you want to go with some of the things he said, I should say, Alden? Uh, the, the, thing I, the thing that, again, I, it's the fact that there's two more books is what gets me, is that we're, we've, we keep saying, two, Utah. like... Write me two more books. Yeah, we, we keep saying, like, the ending, and I get it. I get why we do it, why we and the media and, and yeah. even clickbait articles, like we all have that in common. We keep saying Winds of Winter is the ending and it's not, which is what gets me. It's like what I'm really fascinated by reading this is specifically watching Game of Thrones seasons six and seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see this. I want This is his six and seven if we're really thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what fascinates me the most is I, I, I try to read his articles and posts Mm -hmm. without thinking about season eight, even though it is the comparative thing. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, And I, sometimes when I just say, Hey, uh, people who have problems with season eight, I kind of mean people just fell off the show or had problems with the show from season four on season three on right. Fill in the blank. But that's a great point. We think of that. We think of, uh, you know, he's already thinking of who's on the throne. He's not even thinking who's on the throne yet. He's probably not even close to that. Uh, this we, is we haven't had the George R. R. Martin battle of the bastards. We haven't we had haven't, the George R. R. Martin Danny coming yeah. west. We haven't had any of it. We haven't had any of that. We got John Connington still running around. Young Griffs, old Griffs, all the Griffs. Everyone's there. Uh, so I'm actually excited because those those are a lot of things that yeah aren't in the books. Lady Stoneheart uh, or aren't in the show. Lady Stoneheart, big example that I actually like. I'm one of the ones who's like I, at the end of the day, I, I'm glad Lady Stoneheart was in the show, though I would have loved that moment. But I, I, I love that character and that storyline in the books. So I get to live in these two worlds. Um, and, and the reason I, I don't think it works on the show is, is things that are, almost aren't in the story. Just production, Michelle Fairley doing the role. How would it have looked? Would it have been cheap? There's a lot of bigger questions that I think in the end, I was like, I'm glad it didn't go there. But in the books, no, we have none of those questions. So I want to see where he goes. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see his take on Hodor, which he had said, eh, yeah, that's kind of it, kind of not. Uh, I'm fascinated by that. So again, sometimes I feel like we're just repeating this conversation, but then it keeps coming up because George gives us an update on his blog. He's not talking to, he's not doing, giving an interview. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'm working on it. Here's some thoughts on it. And it spurns this uh, conversation, which can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting framing that is almost, it almost came to me now here on air. Like just thinking about that. Wait a second. We keep saying ending versus ending. It's not even ending versus ending. We we can't have that conversation accurately and truthfully 
until we're in a post Windsor winter world. <laughs> then we can compare season eight and dream of spring. If that is indeed, I'm still a, I'm still a one book truther. That's yeah. my conspiracy yeah. where I think it's one novel now. Uh, but who knows? Hey, hey so. you know what? If I was looking for that conspiracy theory uh, to come true, looking for evidence, this, this blog post could be some evidence where he is talking about endings. It's those are, he's using that, that, that term ending. Yeah. So maybe, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wind of winter dream spring. I don't know. It could be a big volume. It's a, a wintry spring by by uh, George R. R. Martin. I really do think that the last chapter mm-hmm. um, will be epilogue colon a dream of spring. Like I, that's what I think <laughs> is going to happen. Um, I will wager no money on it for anyone yeah. listening yeah. because I don't have the money to wager, but uh, still. Yeah. Uh, look, hey, my man Stannis is still alive in the book, so you know I'm excited about that. He he does talk about uh, this uh, idea, too, that, oh, there will be new characters as well. No new viewpoints, I promise you that, with all these journeys and battles and scheming to come. Inevitably, our major players will be encountering new people in lands far and near. So that's going to be interesting mm. when a new character shows up and we don't even have the comparison now and it just maybe will help kind of drive home the fact that this is its own story it's its own thing i think that that's wise i think it's it's the kind of thing that is gonna not that he again he's not in competition with the television show but there is a sort of excitement in knowing that that's going to carve out more of a unique identity mm-hmm. like you said but there is no comparison i think he directly name checks euron yeah as being like show euron is not my euron and yeah. I think that a lot of people probably read that and vigorously nodded <laughs> and, yeah, and were like, Oh, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, and, and which is not a knock on that you're on. I think it's a very fun performance, but the, yeah. the, the idea of like, I can, he can avoid ever having to think that again with new yeah. characters. Yeah. And, and obviously, and this is kind of what he was talking about uh, previous weeks on his blog about, you know, then the, uh, the clickbait, clickbait articles and, and podcasts, uh, you know, spin things out as they do. That's how you get the clicks, obviously. Um, but the interesting idea that um, he's like, there's no competition. I'm a competitive guy. There's no competition between House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. I want all of us to win. I'd like to win one more award than they win, but I want us all to do well because I'm here for the fantasy genre that I am mm-hmm. uh, such a key part of. It's interesting to have that in mind and read the end of this piece, which, you know, not necessarily is highlighted as much as some of the other articles out there. And by the way, not all of them are clickbait articles, deadline, a lot of actual, uh, you know, moving TV news sites, uh, reputable sources, reputable places, you know, just kind of reporting on the things that will get the attention. I understand it. He says, no doubt, once I am done, there will be a uh, be huge debate about which version of the story is better. Some people will like my book. Others will prefer the television show. And that's fine. You pays your money and you make your choices. Uh, I do fear that a, a certain proportion of fans are so angry about how long wins has taken me that they are prepared to hate the book unread. This saddens me, but there's nothing I can do about it but write the best book I can and hope that when it comes out, most fans will read it clean, read it with clean hands and an open mind. I thought that was that's part of the, 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 this entry that I thought was really honest, his writing style and his approach to it. He's always been honest about that. But him kind of admitting, forget nuts to the show. There's mm-hmm. people already up, upset at me how long it's taken. That uh, The expectations might be so high that when it finally comes, they just might not want to – they might be mad at me and they might not, a re, might not like my version that I took this time to tell. Yeah, I think it's almost a cautionary thing with fandoms where, you know, there is, there is the obvious entitled, angry, hurtful side of any group of large people. But then when you – even people that are like – like I joke with people all the time. Uh, I, I think it's, it's easy – and we have to be careful. Like, yes, it's funny to make Martin takes forever jokes, but it also needs to come from a place still of 
and I am excited for that book whenever it comes. Like you need to have not not saying you need to caveat everything you say, but I do think that we still need to acknowledge that this is an artist that is going to work however he wants to work. And um, I would rather I would rather it take forever yeah. than for him to feel any amount of pressure on his thing because I'm I'm thankful to him. Yeah. And it's always important to remember that. Uh, you know, I, we grew up Star Wars fans. Uh, I've been reading Marvel and DC comics since I was a kid. I'm used to things changing. I'm used to long periods of things not being the way I want them to be. Yeah. Um, and that's just fine. That's fine. And that's fine. At the end of the day, it's fine. Like George's uh, thoughts there here. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned Stannis in closing here. Alden, I want to talk about, you know, from some fun things. Maybe I'm putting you on the spot. Anything that you in the books... Um, want to see, want to be different, whether it be one of the big plot points, uh, something little, uh, you know, where, where you go, where does your mind go when you think about that kind of stuff? Immediately when someone says, what's the thing? And that's, that is more book, more book than show. Valonqar is the thing for me where like I was a person for a while that would pour over that detail and, and say, well, 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 but then at the same time, then someone was like, it was actually never said on television, yeah. uh, which was just <laughs> the important thing for everyone to note. Um, but now that I could sort of have that back and from a selfish place, like, again, I don't want to be from a I want yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I am excited for the remix, reinterpretation, retelling of the Lannister siblings mm-hmm. all ending potentially differently than they did on the show. I yeah. will say, however... Mm-hmm. Please keep Tyrion's ending because I really loved it. Uh, yeah. But outside of that, nah, me too. Me too. It is he a is he a dragon rider? Is he Targaryen? All those kind of things can kind of uh, sprinkle out of that. Yeah, the Valonqar prophecy is. I'm with you on that. It's one of my favorites, and it was one of those moments why by by that point in the show, the beginning of season five, I was a book reader and 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 had fun finally getting a chance to be a smug book reader. And telling all my friends, oh, that you this is going to be about the Valonqar, and then it doesn't show up. I was like, uh, just wait. I don't know. But that was the first moment, one of the big moments for me, I should say. Not the first, but one of the big moments where I was like, this show has always been doing its own thing. This show mm-hmm. needs to do its own thing. And I think either you, you can you can be happy with that, you can accept it, or you can't and things start to turn for you. And I think both are fair. This isn't a, a casting stones on one way to watch the show. Just saying that was one of those breaking points for me where I was like, oh, I don't need to worry about all those things. The show will do with those what they want. But George has all the room to do it. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to John Connington, his story, which is a little bit of uh, Jorah has some of that energy um, and what he's dealing with in the show. But that's John Connington's plight. Uh, Griff, you know, fake on or whatever you want to say. And and them, <laughs> it, it all ending with them kind of on the shores here, a la Danny yeah. a little bit later on in the show. I'm excited for that. That's something big. And then the final one for me, no, I want, I'm very curious in your thoughts. Let's not forget the Night's King and the Night King, two different folks, two yes. different people. And that emerged, uh, you know, uh, the Night King emerges in the show as this, uh, you know, big bad representing unrelenting evil, whatever you want to look at it as. Um, and that's one of the big endings that people fight about. I saw people debating it this week. Dad yeah. and Dave, did, uh, they disrespected George because they were debating over who's going to kill the, the Night King. And the Night's King might not be what the Night King is in the show. We might have a completely di- different kind of fight, final battle, big battle. Uh, and I'm curious yeah. to see, I- I'm excited and curious to see what emerges on that storyline. Yeah, you, you brought that up. And I think it goes hand in hand with, with the one that I was thinking in the back of my mind, too, about Azor High. Mm-hmm. Like this mystical battle that because, you know, Game of Thrones, 
season eight ended wrapping up the mystical battle in the front half and then the political battle in the back half. And the, the battle of the Knights King in the novel uh, very well might not come down to a battle of Winterfell and it might not have anything to do with uh, some of the factors that Game of Thrones leaned into. Game of Thrones sort of touches on this prince that was promised stuff less as it goes on, especially after Stannis was gone because that was, you know, that was Stannis' gimmick, you know, gimmick infringement and whatnot. But they they had him like uh, kind of all in on that with Melisandre. Then, if you correct me if I'm wrong, it was wasn't it Masande that brings up yeah. the the uh, the translation stuff yeah yeah she about does. how it could also be princess it has no gender yeah yeah uh, so like I would like I'm wondering if George really does lean full on into one of them as a chosen one because the show is sort of says interpret that how you want which I appreciate yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe he will be more hardline about what is going on. Yeah, and look, and I think some of the things line up to uh, Azor Ahai and, and it all ending with, you know, Anissa Nisa and the sword through the heart, all that kind of thing, just the Winterfell and all, it slides down the map, but also kind of slides down the prophecy uh, beats as well. But you're right, it, it, it's a little more open-ended, it's a little less dealt with, and, and I again... I just think the show was always going to do what it was going to do. But that's another conversation for another podcast. We're here to discuss George R. R. Martin's ending. So, Alden, as we close this episode here, let's put some money on the table. Let's do this. How close are we to getting wins of winter? Give me a year. If you want to go big and double, give me a month. I'm going to say 2023. I do think that... I do think it's okay. it's going to come next year, and I I expect it Q2. Q2. I will give you a quarter instead of a month. It's like a business meeting. Q2, I'll take it. Q2 of 2023. I kind of like that. I, um, I'm fueled with a little cynicism, I think, because of House of the Dragon and the spinoff other shows, animated shows. I think he's going to be extra busy. I'm saying uh, I'll say Q1 2024. How about that? Nice New Year celebration for yeah. twenty four. Yeah, I will be. Uh, I will be approaching my my twenty eighth birthday by that point. Twenty ninth. Uh, not comfortable with that, yeah. but I am. I am excited to kick off that year. Yeah, I, with I, this. I, I didn't even think about the shows too. Yeah, twenty twenty three is is too excitable. I will not be celebrating my twenty eighth birthday when that uh, in that time period. But uh, you know, hopefully, <laughs> I'll get to read Dream of Spring before I'm seventy three, like George is right now. And we seventy three, seventy three. Yeah. We haven't even got wins winner. But you know what? He's spry. Age is a number. Get to it, George. We have full faith, full confidence. And yeah, this isn't one of those, yeah, just finish the book, George. It's like, have fun writing. This is your life, your legacy. We want the best version of the story that you want to tell. So that's our final thoughts on that. This is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Napsuck. That's Alden Diaz. Other names and faces, wonderful folks will slide through the show from time to time. Uh, so don't worry about that. If there's some folks you want to see, we're going to get to them. Uh, we, we can be, uh, I can be followed at Ken Napsuck or go to my website, KenNapsuck.com. You can support me there on Patreon as well. Uh, Casterly Talk is on YouTube, as we know. You might be watching our face right now. Uh, hopefully you can subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, just head over there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as we help and help us build this out we will be covering house of the dragon rings of power and any other news maybe george will surprise us with a q4 release of winds of winter in 2022 i highly doubt it when that happens though we will be reading it alden where can they find you and all the work you do 
you could follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at that Alden Diaz. You could find Octo Radio Star Wars podcast on any platform or any of the social media platforms, uh, even Facebook for some reason. Uh, Octo Radio, A H C H T O Radio. That's where we talk about all the Star Wars stuff uh, in, in interview form, uh, episode analysis, all that good stuff. And then, yeah, doing uh, radio stuff, writing stuff, uh, pitching around to some different websites. You might see me. Uh, hopefully doing some writing for the other star franchise on, oh. on their working on some things there. Um, but yeah, excited to be here talking about some sword and sorcery. Sword and sorcery and pen and paper. Oh, we love it so much. And you actually reminded me, Casterly Talk is on Facebook too. You can like us there. That's it for this week. So for George R. R. Martin and all the words he's yet to write, we'll see you next time here on Casterly Talk. 